0: Greetings, people loved by God, welcome everybody to worship on this the seventh and uh, the final Sunday in the season of Easter. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping with us online, just a reminder to go to our website, and that website is chapelofthecross.org. And there, under the Resources tab, you you will find the bulletin for this service, so you can follow along. There's also uh, under the Give tab options for you to give to your uh, give your offering to the Lord in His work. Just a few announcements to share before we begin worship today. A very, very special welcome this morning to the Reverend Dr. Leo Sanchez. Dr. Sanchez has been leading Bible classes this last month, and uh, boy, what a blessing that has been to have him share here at Chapel of the Cross he didn't even need to enroll in seminary to, to sit at the feet of a seminary professor. So we thank uh, Doc, Dr. Sanchez for being here today um, for this, this past month uh, leading Bible class. And today he's going to be sharing God's word with us through the sermon. Uh, Dr. Sanchez, just to remind you, is a professor of systematic theology at Concordia Seminary here in St. Louis. And we're very happy that he is here to preach for us this morning. Just a few other announcements. Please join us for Holden Evening Prayer. We will meet this upcoming Wednesday, June 1st, 6.30 p.m. And that uh, prayer service is really just a short, mostly sung service of prayer that will take place in the prayer chapel. And uh, we're going to have a few snacks afterwards as well. Please join us Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. for Holden Evening Prayer. Vacation Bible School is right around the corner. We're going to be holding a weekend VBS this year on June 11th and 12th. If you can volunteer to help or if you would like to register your kids or your grandkids or your neighbor's kids, information about all that is at that table over by the office in the uh, in the commons area. There's also flyers there. We're still asking if you might to uh, share that information. Take a few flyers and share that with your neighbors and your friends. they let them know about VBS here at Chapel. Our elder for this weekend is Craig Schlickman. Craig is... Right over here, he's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Craig as one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Hallelujah, Sing to Jesus, as that's printed in your bulletin, and we stand to sing it together. so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in His mercy has given His Son to die for you and for His sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by His authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ is risen.
1: He is risen indeed.
0: Hallelujah. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Risen and ascended Lord, now you now pray for us at the throne of the Father. Keep all those whom you love in your name, O Lord, that they may be one, even as you and the Father are one. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
1: Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from the first chapter of Acts. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and the Mary and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. In those days Peter stood up among the believers a group numbering about 120 and said, "Brothers, the scripture has had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus." He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a farm. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field, in their language, Acheldama, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and... May another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: Our psalm of the day is Psalm 133, and we speak that in unison. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore.
1: We had an error in our bulletin this morning. Um, So if you want to follow along, please use your hymn, uh, the Bible, in the the pew. The second reading is from the 22nd chapter of Revelation. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No more will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come, And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn.
2: Y del hijo y del Santo. Amen. Don't worry, brother, I'm not preaching in Spanish. <laughs> we were talking last night. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you so much for your kind invitation to spend a whole month with you in Bible study and for the kind invitation to preach as we bring to a close our time of reflection on the Holy Spirit, and as we look forward to Pentecost Sunday coming up, I wanted to focus our attention today on the ministry of a very special person in the book of Acts, Philip. And to see what the Holy Spirit is up to in the life and ministry of Philip as he extends the hospitality of the gospel, to people who feel neglected, to people who feel like outsiders, like they do not belong. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to be among us today and to teach us what life in the Spirit looks like through the eyes of the ministry of Philip. Now, not church is without moments of tension. Philip belonged to the Christian church that was being formed in Jerusalem. And this church was made up of Hellenist and Hebrew uh, Christians of Jewish background. Some were more at home with the Greek language and culture. Those are the Hellenists. And some were more at home with the Hebrew and the Aramaic language, culture, and so on. And like members of our own churches across the land, we come from different family histories, from different ethnic, racial, linguistic backgrounds. And sometimes that can create some tension when we feel that those of a different cultural linguistic background perhaps are being privileged over those of our own background. And this is kind of what's happening in the church that's being formed here in Jerusalem. Both groups belong to the church. But the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Christians here of Jewish descent at one point complained to the apostles about the Hebrew Christians getting all the attention. The Hellenists felt that their widows were being neglected at the distribution of food. And to deal with this problem, the church chose a group of seven, among them Philip, seven deacons. The word deacon basically means Servant. And Philip, we are told, was one of the seven filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom in order to deal with this problem. And from that time on, Philip was entrusted with the diaconia, meaning the service of tables, of administering food, attending to the needs of those widows who were... Feeling neglected. Now what might we learn from this incident in the life of Philip, the servant deacon? Well, by seeing ourselves in the person of Philip, we today are called to remember the forgotten in our midst. To act on behalf of those like the widows in Philip's day whose needs are being neglected. Especially, I think of those who often in our communities feel alienated. Perhaps because they come from a different socioeconomic, ethnic, racial, linguistic background. And they feel like perhaps they don't belong. Who are those out there? Who are those in your community who feel such alienation, who feel neglected. Perhaps their needs are not always material. In Philip's day, you had issues with food distribution. But perhaps the needs are also emotional and spiritual. The need to be loved, the need to belong, the need to be trusted, the need for community, the need for companionship and prayer, walking alongside in the midst of hardships and struggles. They need to be not only a receiver of charity, but a partner, active partner in our life together in ministry and mission in this place, in this community. You see, the story of Philip among the Greek-speaking widows who feel forgotten at the table invites us to ask, Who are the neglected among us in our church, home, and community? Who are the voices that need to be heard at the table? Not only where food is distributed, but even where ministry and mission decisions are made. Who are the Greek-speaking widows of our day who need our time, care, prayers, encouragement, partnership, Philip's work among the widows invites us to ask for the same spirit whom he received to give us the needed wisdom to cross any socioeconomic, ethnic, cultural, linguistic divides that keep us apart to serve and to be enriched by the lives and gifts of new neighbors here in our community. And so we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and make us a Philip to someone today. Now, not too long after the seven deacons, including Philip, were chosen and consecrated for service, a severe persecution of the church happened in Jerusalem. And one door was shut, but the Holy Spirit opened another door, So that the gospel will go out from Jerusalem into Judea and into Samaria. And into the lands of the Gentiles. And so the Spirit sends Philip into Samaria. And into encounters with an Ethiopian eunuch, a Gentile. Philip goes out with the gospel to groups that were often thought of as unworthy to receive the blessings of God, as outsiders, outcasts. Indeed, that the gospel will go out to the Samaritans and to the Gentiles is no small matter. We must remember that these folks were seen as people who did not belong, like from a Jerusalem, you know, uh, uh, new Christian Jewish perspective, because remember, the first Christians were Jews, but in their minds, Samaritans were the enemy, and Gentiles were also unclean people. Do they really belong? Are they in? Are they out? Jews and Samaritans, the hostilities, went back hundreds of years, so much so that Jews sort of avoided traveling through Samaria for fear of being contaminated by these people of mixed religion and mixed race. So much hostility. Were the Samaritans in or out? Could they belong to God's kingdom? Could they receive the Holy Spirit? According to the conventional wisdom of the time, the answer is no, they were out. Now, what about the Ethiopian Gentile? Well, according to purity laws, he was also seen as unblemished and ritually excluded from full participation in the temple. Here we have a God-fearing Gentile who goes to Jerusalem to worship the true God of Israel. But he doesn't really get into the temple. He was excluded. He was a eunuch. Is he in or out? Well, like the Samaritans, the Ethiopian Gentile, this stranger, is not quite fully in. And when you're not quite fully in, essentially you're out. So, that's the conventional wisdom. And I think about people today, you know, who feel like they don't fit or fully belong in the church. Because... Of whatever, socioeconomic background, ethnic history, what they're able to do or not with their bodies, you know, if they're able enough, what if they're disabled? There's so many barriers that we put among ourselves, set up. Then there are other issues as well because you know, ministry can get messy and complex in Samaria and also when dealing with the God-fearing Ethiopian eunuch. Let me explain what I mean by this. There's a level of complexity here because when Philip deals with the Samaritans, we hear of someone like Simon the Magician, for instance. You remember Simon. He was among the Samaritans. Now we we're told... That when Philip goes into Samaria, he preaches the name of Jesus. People believe in Jesus. And people are baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And Simon the magician is among those Samaritans. But later on, we see that he has this kind of weird superstition and beliefs that he's having a hard time getting rid of, even though he knows something of Christ. And I think in our communities, we find... People like that, you know. There's a partial knowledge of Christ, but they're still sort of trying to get rid of certain beliefs and ways of thinking that don't always jive with the way of Jesus. And at one point, Simon believes that he can buy the power of the Holy Spirit from the apostles. And so Simon, you know, has to be kind of put in his place. He has to be called to repentance, you know. Not everything is perfect in terms of knowledge of Christ. And then with the Ethiopian, we find someone who doesn't quite understand the scriptures, you know. And so the Holy Spirit tells Philip to spend time with the Ethiopian, to sit down with him, you know, to be patient and take him through the Bible and show him in the book of Isaiah who Jesus is, the one promised to us, to forgive us from our sins. And then the Ethiopian is baptized in the name of Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit's work happens in those messy spaces where people's lives are not perfect, where knowledge of Christ is partial, where folks who feel excluded and forgotten struggle with and have a lot of questions. About God and Jesus and the church and the strange Lutherans. (laughs) These are the marginal places where tough ministry takes place. And we ask ourselves sometimes can these Samaritans and Gentiles, who don't seem to have their lives all put together, be brought into God's kingdom? And to everyone's surprise, the Samaritans are believing the gospel. They're being baptized in the name of Jesus. The apostles come from Jerusalem to lay hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And the Ethiopian receives Jesus in the scriptures and is baptized in his name. Are they in or are they out? Well, in God's book, In the Holy Spirit's way of doing things, they are in. And through Philip's ministry, we learn that God's ways are not our ways. That God surprises us in marginal places. That he bestows upon the ones we think least likely to be one with us. He is the one who bestows upon them his Jesus, his word, his baptism, his Holy Spirit. And this is the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? That salvation is not by our purity or our status. It is not by our good works or right choices. Salvation does not come by perfect knowledge of theology. It does not come by doing Things the right way when there are several ways of doing the right thing well. (laughs) Salvation is not by culture or language or heritage. It is not by socioeconomic condition or political affiliation. Salvation is not living a life that's holy without sin. That's not how salvation comes to us that is not how we are brought into the kingdom but it is by Christ alone by the gift of his gospel his spirit that we are strangers, outsiders made into one family from all tribes and languages and nations races, ethnicities and so on and the story of Philip among the Samaritans and the Ethiopian Gentiles, invites us to ask today, who are the outsiders among us? The ones we think least likely to benefit from the goodies. The ones we think least likely to contribute to our way of life with their gifts and their talents. We are then also invited to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the boldness to go to those marginal, messy spaces, to give us the patience to sit with our new neighbors, to hear their stories, their cries, to guide them through their questions, for the Spirit to come and give us then also the joy to welcome them into our lives and into God's family as partners in God's mission. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, and make us a Philip to someone today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God has made a Philip out of you, His church. So don't be afraid to get your hands dirty in the messy space where mission takes place, each of you according to your gifts and callings in life. You have good company. You have Jesus and the Holy Spirit walking with you. Don't be afraid. For God has given you his spirit and wisdom, the same spirit and wisdom he gave to Philip, so that you may show compassion to those who feel neglected as Christ has shown compassion to you in your need. And so that you may proclaim and teach outsiders who feel they don't belong the word of God, with patience as Christ has shown patience to you. As we prepare for Pentecost Sunday, we pray come Holy Spirit and make your church a Philip in this community of North St. Louis today. This is the day that the
0: Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We stand and together we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. That's printed for you on page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light. and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, you have raised your son from death and placed him at your right hand in power. Receive our thanks for all he has accomplished for us and guard us by your power until he returns in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Break down all barriers and divisions among your people, O Lord, that your church may, with one voice, confess the fullness of your truth and proclaim your salvation to the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Send us, as instruments of unity, through the ministry of reconciliation and forgiveness in Christ, that all peoples and all cultures may be one people in Christ. Bless also all missionaries and evangelists who minister in your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Where anger, violence, and hate divide the nations, we pray for peace, understanding, and the courage of leaders and people to work together for the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the leaders of our synod, district, and of this congregation. Bless all church workers, Give unity of heart, voice, and will to this congregation, to district, to synod, and to all churches. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, make your presence known to the sick and the suffering, the aged and the dying, and bring them peace, healing, and strength. We especially remember this day be Doherty, Dan Heckel, and Johnny Spears. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, how crushed are the hearts of parents and others who lost their loved ones this week at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. How long their grief will be. Our hearts grieve with them today. Lord Jesus, you came to this broken world to be broken yourself. What great hope your first coming and your resurrection gives to us. You came to bring forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and salvation. For these Texas families, for all the responders, and for all people who are experiencing death right now, we pray that the hope of the resurrection in Jesus brings comfort to broken hearts. Holy Spirit, let your word move at this time. Let Christians share hope and comfort. And may all those whose lives were invaded by death remember and believe the Scripture's bold promises that our Redeemer lives. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless and guide those celebrating special gifts of your grace. We especially give thanks today with Julie Seibert and her family as they celebrate her birthday. We also give you praise and thanks, along with Audrey Lutke and her family, upon the birth of a great-grandson, Ethan Manila. We ask that you bless and keep them, O Lord, and make your face to shine upon them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, as summer camp here at Chapel of the Cross begins, we pray that your word may work in the hearts of the many children who will attend over the summer. Give the directors and the counselors an extra measure of your grace and your power as they share your message of hope and love with your children throughout these weeks. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, we give you thanks For all who have laid down their lives in defense of our nation throughout the years we ask you lord to continue to preserve this nation and the freedoms that we enjoy we praise you lord that all who have fought the good fight of faith will receive from you the crown of everlasting life lord in your mercy hear our prayer into your hands O lord we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your son jesus christ our lord amen the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who after his resurrection appeared openly to all of his disciples and in their sight was taken up into heaven that he might make us partakers of his divine life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples, and he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. You remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Because He Lives, as that's printed in your bulletin.